I could tap into Pearl so easily. A girl that wanted to be at the mall, wanted to be liked, who was boy crazy, like 100%. I'm sure that's why she, I am Pearl. Hey, everybody. Welcome to SpongeBob Binge Pants. My name is Hector, and my usual co-host, the wonderful, the talented, the beautiful Mr. Frankie Grande, is actually not with us today because he is off filming another show for Nickelodeon. We're keeping it in the Nickelodeon family because joining me as my guest co-host today is one of your favorite actors, comedians, voice actors. You know her as the voice of Korra from The Legend of Korra and one of the hosts of the Avatar The Last Airbender podcast, Braving the Elements. Janet Varney is joining me today. Hector, I am so excited. I was so thrilled to be asked. As you know, you have done some episodes of Braving the Elements, and I call you the perfector because you are a professor of all the things I love in animation, and I can always depend on you to have the same level of enthusiasm and joy about these projects that we love talking about. So I was so excited Um, I have to thank Frankie for making this opportunity available to me by doing yet another Nickelodeon show. So you're so right. It's in the family and I'm thrilled to be here. Well, we are getting to talk to one of the voice actors behind one of the main characters from the SpongeBob universe, everyone's favorite teenage girl, Pearl, the one and only Lori Allen, the voice of Pearl. Lori's performance and voice behind this character is one of the many, many reasons that she is so, so endearing. Just so brilliant. She's so brilliant. She's a hero of mine. And what she brings to Pearl, you're so right. I'm sure we'll get into this with Lori, but I can't imagine anyone else doing it. And, you know, as as an awkward tall girl, um, Pearl is a (laughs) big fave of mine uh, on the show. Uh, this is going to be so much fun. So let's just get into it. Let's go talk to Lori Allen. Awesome. Sponge, are you okay? Don't worry, SpongeBob. You didn't mess everything up. <laughs> Actually, it was pretty funny when that hot dog landed in Judy's hair. But I am having a good time. You know, we haven't finished our dance yet. You have started acting at such a young age. Did you always know that that's what you were going to do? Or did at any point you consider doing something else as a career or profession? No, I unfortunately, I don't think I could do anything else. (laughs) Not unfortunate. Yeah. My parents are actor, voice people. They were both theater majors with radio minors. And so I was just encouraged and uh, supported and loved through my artistic sort of experience. And I think if I had ever come home and said, Mom, Dad, I want to be a lawyer or doctor, they would have been like, what? That's insane. You need juggling, uh, tap dancing as a backup. (laughs) That's so, so cool. Were you studying theater and stuff in school? I started off really as a dancer. So, But they're like, we put her in front. She's got a lot of sparkle and pizzazz. And I was like, just like Pearl. (laughs) I I studied dance, I studied musical theater and improv, so it just seemed like the natural thing to do. My dad, since he was in advertising, he would put my sister and I in commercials. My first radio commercial was for Archway Cookies with Willard Scott. May he rest in peace. Wow. Nice. Yeah, so just let me talk about food and I'm usually okay. (laughs) It's wild. I mean, as a fan on the outside looking in, to what SpongeBob is today and where it started. It's so insane to think about how far that little sponge has come and all of the amazing episodes that you've been in. 
I would love to know, do you remember, after all these years, that initial audition? I knew that this this character was supposed to be huge, right? That she would end up like dum 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 at home. That's why they have like drains at home in her house, right? With dad living <laughs> in the anchor there. Rusty Crab! Rusty Crab! Rusty Crab! That's what I call talent. Thank you. So I knew she had to sound like kind of a daddy's girl. But I knew she had to be the biggest creature there amongst all the eclectic characters. And I remember thinking, okay, she is girly and she is like a cheerleader. And I was like, that's me. But she's loud and opinionated. And I was like, that's me. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to do me, but a little younger. And I was obsessed with going to the mall. Like Pearl, like I lived at the mall. My mom was like, I couldn't drag you out of the mall. You guys are always <laughs> at the mall. And then I just knew that she had to have like this big, and I have a low, I'm a good alto, right? So I knew I had to have this lower voice. And so I just kind of put together this lower voice with like a really girly girl. But I found that I was like, if she's a little spoiled and she's a daddy's girl, then maybe she has like, oh, daddy, you know, and that turned into like, daddy, you know, and I knew like with the, she had to cry. But I just remember seeing the, the picture and knowing just how large and girly um, and a daddy's girl, because much to people's wondering, they they actually love each other terribly, Mr. Krabs and Pearl, right? So yeah. he yeah. loves her. So that's what I remember about being kind of a, a big, loud, feminine, outspoken girl. <sighs> a long week away from Bikini Bottom is exactly what I need. Just me and my darling daughter, Pearl. <laughs> Don't forget my new flipper slippers, Daddy. Darling, I won't. <laughs> oh no. You make it sound so effortless, but we're talking about qualities that somebody might hit that right on the head. They might hit just the girly part right on the head, or they might go for the lower voice, but then sort of lose the femininity. So the way you describe it makes it feel like we could all do that, yet that's not true. You hit <laughs> it. You really manage to pull these disparate things and squeeze them into one character. And I have to say, too, as like I always was the tall girl, and I was always like dead center back of the class for school pictures. And so this is that, you know, Pearl is absolutely some, but yet still kind of girly, but also kind of a tomb. Like, so that is such a great representation for, for us tall girls who are like, I feel huge. Like, I always felt huge. And I remember like, um, they were like, your voice is weird. And I was like, ha ha. <laughs> now I'm like, that's funny. Um, but I got cheesed. Like, you sound like a dude. And I was like, well, I got put in the tenor section. So I got to hang out with all the guys in show oh, choirs. So don't mind mm -hmm. if I do. <laughs> so there. But to book Family Guy and SpongeBob in the same year, listen, yeah. that is a blessing. I mean, like I said, talent, sure. But I am, I was so, I'm so grateful to be in the right place at the right time. And I guess one of the first renderings, right? Pearl was in the top five and she had like pigtails and they were wearing like all orange stuff, you know, and of Steven Hillenburg, may he rest in beautiful, glorious peace because he was the most humble, kind person. And he was obviously a marine biologist. And so for him to be, you know, obsessed with watching whales and drawing them and then the evolution of Pearl and all that stuff is just fascinating to me. And he was right when he was like, you know, I think I think this would make a good show <laughs> because... He was the most right. I mean, talking about when you booked the job, you went in to record the first episode, you're working on the first season, like, what was that like at Nickelodeon? What was it like to to kind of figure out who the Pearl character was? And 
get to hear her in that first episode, Squeaky Boots. What is it, Daddy? It wouldn't be those totally hip new flipper slippers all my friends are wearing, would it? Everyone wants them. Uh, uh, it might be. Whee! Oh, you shouldn't have! Yay, you shouldn't have! When SpongeBob gets those boots, which are so, so funny. Nickelodeon before everything had SpongeBob on it. Yes. <laughs> like, this is, you were going to Nickelodeon when everything wasn't SpongeBob. Yeah. You know when you just know something is really special and you're like, oh my God, first of all, you're just excited. But to be in the room together, I don't know how many times we've ruined each other's takes by just cracking up. So you know when something it's like just so exciting that, you know, as you drive away, you're just like, oh, my God, that wow. that was amazing. And I know Pearl wanted the other slippers. Um, so, you know, <laughs> and I would call them like my fake Uggs. Like she wanted the slippers, not want the boots. And the fact <laughs> like I was listening to that and just the just the creativity of the show. I mean, like I can see why people just freaked out when it came on. I feel like we're on our fourth generation, you know, like, hi, my kids watch you. You know, my parents watch <laughs> oh my you. Kids are being like, like baby girl. So we couldn't be more grateful for that as well. And so there is something that that's so universal on some level for everyone. That's why it makes it so special. Look at SpongeBob and Patrick. I mean, they love each other. And SpongeBob and Pearl love each other. And she's like, you were a great date. You were a great date to the prom. All right, you invertebrates. I'm going to teach you how to do the sponge. Well, when you take your leg and you stick it in the air, and then you take the other one and jam it right up there, you twist yourself around and give a great big lunge. Now you're doing the sponge. You know, and it's really interesting to go back to Camp Coral, the under years, right? Yeah. Um, because you get to see what they were like before. I remember uh, I was just talking in the booth with like Vincent and and Mark, you know, our fabulous executive producer, showrunner. And I remember just being like, ah, 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 ah. and I was like, oh, there's the dad, dad. And I was like, there she is. There's baby Pearl. It's so fun when you'll get a direction, like, you know, throws her poop against the wall or whatever. I mean, it's so (laughs) silly. The minute I realized that she was like, because I always hear from new moms that dada is easier to say than mama. So Mm. I was like, well, of course, she's been a daddy's girl from the beginning. And we also talk about being a single parent. I mean, so yes. there's a lot that the that goes yes. on in Bikini Bottom. Every one of those characters, it just captures one element of the human condition. We talk about the empathy and the sort of pathos and the kindness and the warmth. That's all there. You can't replace that with anything. It's so, so special. And it's also very, very smart and very accessible. Here we have this, this show that's really bringing in this sun, warm, happy. But that doesn't mean it's not sharp. And I yes. think that's a huge piece is that we saw all of the snarky and I think there was this idea of like well that's smart comedy and that's smart cartoons Mm -hmm. is snarky and it's like no you can be so sharp you can have grown up jokes and you can still have something where you want to sit and watch with a younger person we all know that there are some of those shows where there's like a dinosaur who's nice (laughs) but that's kind of it you know what I mean and like this is not that and like the writing is so good I just so appreciate our writers and again when I get to meet them when they come in the booth and their creativity there's a younger set of minds and they come up with stuff that you couldn't even imagine and so these characters are just so beautifully created thank you Stephen to be able to sing it's all about you girl well the boys sang that you know um, boys boys who cry Things. 
So give it up right away. Everybody in the whole wide world, they have to pay attention to me. It's all about me, me, again too. <laughs> me. <laughs> but I remember that episode. I remember going with Andy Paley and Tom over to Andy's place, and we recorded that. And I'm a singer person, so I just, but I knew that I had to kind of speak, sing, that Pearl wouldn't be like, oh, she wouldn't have gone to NYU Tisch School of the Arts. So, but I knew that she could sing a little bit, and then they, so that was really fun. So I just kind of spoke, sang, which is, and we have some crazy outtakes. Woo, girl. I just want to draw a circle around you saying that you have a thing that you love to do and are great at, which is singing, and that you still have the loyalty right. to the show and to the universe and to the rules of SpongeBob to where, because I'm just speaking for myself, sometimes those are hard choices where you're like, but I I mean, I do like to sing. I can't carry a tune. It's like, <laughs> no, no one's asking for Janet right now. They're asking for Pearl. They're asking for, they love Lori. That's why Lori is Pearl. But what yeah. would Pearl do? And yeah. I think that's such a tribute and testament to your commitment to your craft is saying like, yeah, there's a, there's times when I get to be the sensational, beautiful singer. And mm. then there's times when it's time for Pearl. This is Pearl's time to shine. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is so humble. That's beautiful. I'm so humble. But she's very, very confident um, and insecure all at the same time. And it's like, aren't we all that way? Yeah. Yes. Lori, in terms of the performance of Pearl, I mean, I think... It's so relatable, and, and I feel like we've all been a teenage girl at some point in our lives. Like we, we get that. <laughs> some more than we others. We get that. Some more than others. We've all lived at the mall, but was there any, like, specific teen-related inspiration for you in your life? Or was there anything that the creatives behind the show, they were like, okay, for Pearl, we're thinking about this. Maybe look at this. Watch this. Anything like that? No. I could tap into Pearl so easily. A girl that wanted to be at the mall wanted to be liked, who was boy crazy, like 100%. I'm sure that's what she, I am Pearl. Like, I'm loud and feminine. I want everybody to like me, and I want to like everybody else. For Pearl, for a minute, to work at Grandma's Apron. <laughs> yeah. With Betty White, I cannot, I, oh my gosh. Are you looking for a job, dearie? Yeah, I need one as soon as possible. It's a life or death situation, actually. Oh my goodness. Are you in danger? In danger of never seeing my friends, because I I don't have a job. Come with me. And as an animal activist and an amazing human being, a comedy lady, a kind person um, who is just her feminine, hilarious body self, like, how great. But yeah, no, I am a teen. I am young at heart, spazzy. I lived at the mall as a teenager. My mom would be waiting outside, like, in the 70s, like, she's going to come out at some point. This year's going to be a blast. Daddy! You've ruined all my birthday parties, but you better not ruin this one. Now promise me you won't be cheap. I promise. Can we talk about the mother of Pearl? Steven Hillenburg has famously wanted Pearl's mom to always be kept a secret. Do you ever think about the mystery of Pearl's mom or 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 that side of her character? Again, what a great model, whether it was on purpose or not, is that he's a single dad. So it's not like it's a mystery to be cool and weird. It's just because they, you know, he married someone and she's not there to for whatever reason. So it's kept a secret. It's not so much to be clever or fun, 
for the audience, but I genuinely, I don't think about it. I, they, their love for each other, they have a complicated, beautiful, adorable relationship. That's because there's only one fish in the sea, as long, tan, and handsome as he is, and that's him! No, no, baby, no more crying! We'll get you a date! Why, uh, I'll take you! <laughs> I was looking at like my favorite episodes, like The Chaperone and A Whale of a Birthday. I'll never forget that as long as I live. And also um, Gal Pals. Serena Irwin and I forget what we were at the Annie Awards, I think. And we were like, you guys should do an episode where all the girls just get to be together, like girl power, girl power. And <gasps> they did. Oh, and I don't expect a writing credit or a created by credit. Um, but they were able to do that for us girls. And we were so grateful and so happy oh. because we got to go in like a sleepover together and just scare each other and really represent that a lot of females are clearly watching the show. Why did you give me that? Why did you take me here? Thanks, gals. You got me, but I knew you were going to prank me. And then Model Girl Pearl. I mean, come on. Jill Talley is so versatile. So is Serena. It's ridiculous. And just such a joy and a pleasure. And Dee, I can't get enough of Dee. And um, when she finally gets a job, I mean, how great is it that Pearl is like, I love this older lady. I love on the, the bottom floor of the mall that's kind of creepy and stuff. And she plays to be a grandmother and she loves it there until she realizes she does want to be with friends her age. But how great that she relates to an older lady and they become really good friends. And I almost crush her with the hug. Sorry, Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> crush her hand a little bit. Yeah. I'm a grandma now. Right, Beatrice? Oh, Pearl, I'm so glad you enjoy being a grandma. But your friends make a good point. You're only young once, you see. You don't want to grow up too fast, or you'll miss out on all the fun. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to quiz you, Lori. I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to do my Clancy Brown. <laughs> oh, this just got very fun and interesting. Let's hear your Clancy Brown. <laughs> wait, wait. Here, take SpongeBob. Ah, the fry cook? Do you know what that would do to my complexion? People will mistake me for a blank. A planetarium! I don't want barnacles, although we did get to make a whole episode about that. I don't want a barnacle breakout and look like a planetarium. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, next one. When... SpongeBob goes with Pearl to the school dance in the chaperone. She says, as far as blanks go, that was really fun. Oh, I know. She thinks it's going to be as far as disasters go. Yes! Crushing Nailed it. it. Crushing it. Okay, I got it. Oh, don't worry, SpongeBob. I knew it would be a total disaster all along. But as far as disasters go, that was really fun. Last one. This is from season three. See, no one says cool anymore. That's such an old person thing. Now we say blank. Coral. That nose job is so, but coral. It's so coral. Oh. I love that. That has lasted Killed for it. literally decades now. Even if people out of context don't know what it means, they can figure it out. Like you guys are so coral. She said we were coral. You're so she coral. We coral. She said we were coral. <laughs> I'll never forget it. You are so coral. <laughs> Oh, thank you so Gosh. much. I, I, my final thing I'll say quickly is that you are such an inspiration. And I, what really stood out for me a moment ago was you were talking about, you know, we know the, the amazing work that you do for animal rescue and animal rescue awareness. And 
I just thought when you were talking about the mystery of Pearl's mom, it's sometimes it's like that with um, with animals that we bring into our lives, right? We don't know what their lives were like before, but that's not what matters. What matters is that we're going to love them fiercely. That's what you seemed like to me. You are a person who loves with ferocity. You love fiercely, and there's so much strength in that. And people think that you have to come at something aggressively, and that's what strength is. And you're just such a great example of somebody whose fierceness comes from love. And there's nothing stronger than that. And I just think that's so impressive. That's a beautiful way to say that, because I really believe one of the things I like about Pearl, too, is I get to bring my vulnerability. You know, she doesn't always have to be that hardcore. Like, she'll break out into tears. Daddy! (laughs) Because you can't have that fierceness without the vulnerability. Animals just teach us unconditional love. And that's what the show teaches us, too, is unconditional love. No matter how much they fight or disagree or argue or trigger each other's stuff, they love each other. That is a good a spot as any to to let you have the rest of your day, Lori. This has been a treasure oh gosh, of an interview. Getting to getting to talk with you, it really it really has. And to and Janet, for you to be here as well and be able to share your oh insight gosh. and for you guys to connect at that level, and this has been awesome. Uh, I'm just the luckiest fan in the world. Lori, thank you again so, so much for spending some time thank with us. Thank you so much. Thank you again, Lori. Take care.